Hey, everybody. Before we get started with our episode today, we want to send out a trigger warning. Today's episode, we'll be talking about the Monterey Park shooting, and we'll leave the time code down below in the description to where you can jump to after we finish talking about this topic. Thank you, and enjoy the show. I don't believe you. <laughs> I know we haven't done this in a minute, and I know that I was like checking everything and double checking everything before we started. And I know it was like being a pain in your ass, but mm-hmm. I was like, I got this, I got yeah. it. And I checked it, mm-hmm. and I didn't press record. <laughs> Tell the people <laughs> how much show, we just recorded. Let me, let me show you my shame. We recorded about 15 minutes of this podcast, but we didn't record 15 minutes of this podcast. Yeah. It was really, really good. We talked about the Ziggy back here. We have a golden Ziggy. We talked about you. Well, we're going to do it again. This is the golden Ziggy. This is the golden (laughs) Ziggy. This is the bronze Ziggy. This is uh, what what Ziggy will be in the future because we won't live without her. Where are we? What are we doing? (laughs) Nikki doesn't like talking about Ziggy in the future. Hi. Welcome to Rhythm and Booze. I'm Mikey. And I'm Nikki. And I forgot how to do this shit. And again. I'm figuring it out all over again. It's literally the same thing <laughs> every single time. You could do a compilation to. of all the times you're I like, fucked up. I forget how to do <sighs> this. <laughs> and now we're, uh, yeah, okay. So this is a podcast where we talk about dance stuff and burlesque stuff and basically anything else we want to talk about. It's mostly turned into just us talking yeah. at, toward each other, at each other, with each other. Yeah, all the above. it's the same thing we do all the time, but just <laughs> extra and on the opposite side, because usually I'm on that side. And I was going to say with a drink, but... Eh. <laughs> no, we're, yeah, we're, we're pretty much always. <laughs> Not always, but, mm. but, you know. We have been we better. We enjoy a drink. We have been better lately. Yeah, it's But true. we've been so busy. Yeah. The last time we did this, we were talking about how busy we're going to be up until basically now, which is really almost self-prophesizing. Yeah, like, that is like, funny, yeah. Um, but we're going to catch up in, in just, a, just a little bit. Um, what are we drinking? What are we drinking? This a is nice little rosé. This is the Pale Rosé by Sasha Lachine. Lachine? Lachine. The nice little bottle. It's a beautiful bottle, actually. Yeah. It's a bunch of people in like the 1920s. It's like a Gatsby type thing. Yeah. Everything's really a Gatsby type thing. Mm-hmm. And we're all pink. Our new pink glasses Cheers. for our new pink bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're wearing pink. We got pink on the napkins. Yeah. It's a pink kind of show. Mm-hmm. Because mostly, because Barbie. Because Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Hi, <laughs> <I> Chef. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the name of the episode, uh, The Barbie and the Chef. No, The Barbie and the Bear. <laughs> the Barbie and the Bear. Close. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> I got it right the last time, guys. You should have been there. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it was really good. <laughs> <laughs> so recently we started uh, watching The Bear. Yes. And uh, that shit is the craziest stuff I've ever seen on television. It, for the simple reason that whatever that is happening on screen, you feel it. Like, in your bones, yeah. Yeah. We watched that first episode, and I don't think we moved for those 20 minutes. Because it was just no. like, it just started, and it kept going. It didn't stop. And one of us always falls asleep watching a show, and <laughs> that, that did not nope. happen. Like, we're both so on edge. Uh-huh. Like, what's going to happen? What's going to What's going to happen? And then the episode end, we'd have to like take a lap and shake it off. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> that first episode, we were like... Uh, I'm like, we're not tired. You're tired? No, I was like, I got to get up and it's like run around a little bit. It's that phone ringing in the background. Oh, yeah. It's like constant background oh. noise. It's so stressful. Whoever is doing the sound design for that show deserves all the Emmys at whatever, whatever, at all everything because there's always a phone ring in the background. And if you've ever worked in an office or worked in a place where it's constantly being called, like, 
holy shit, that is already like an anxiety ridden thing. Like I feel that in the ballroom and I know it's yeah. not my job to answer the phone, but I always want to like reach for it. Oh man. But uh, we watched that three episodes in a row because yeah. we couldn't stop. There was one episode where I don't remember what they were making, but <laughs> Mikey like sat forward and his jaw dropped open and he but, was like staring intently at the TV and I looked him. over and I just started cracking up. <laughs> tell him what I was doing that made you kind of notice. I was rubbing her feet. Oh yeah. <laughs> which is a as usual occurrence. She's like, baby, can you rub my feet? I wear heels a lot. Yeah. And I was like, of course. I'll, and I'll sit up and I'll start rubbing her feet and like usually like watch the whole episode and keep rubbing her feet. But in that episode, Carmi <laughs> was just like making something so good and there was no dialogue. It was just him cooking. Yeah. And it's like ASMR, like chopping and sizzling and everything. And I was just like, I was rubbing and I was like leaning forward and I stopped and I felt myself stop and I felt myself lean forward <laughs> into it. And I was like, that looks so amazing. I love uh, cooking shows. I love Food Network. I love watching all uh-huh. that stuff. Damn it, I love that shit. And I was just like <laughs> so in love with like whatever he was doing. I was like, I got to learn something. And she's cracking her shit up over here. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> like, babe, you okay? I'm like, I'm hungry. <laughs> it was great. No, we loved that show. And it kind of came out of nowhere. And suddenly yeah. people were talking about it. Yeah, I remember uh, Andrea was the first person I heard talk about it in like person. Andrea but it was Gordon. Yeah, she's it was, been on the podcast. It was kind of in passing. Mm. And she was just like, I think she was leaving at one of our parties. And she says... Like, yeah, I got to go, like, hurt myself by watching the bar- bear now. <laughs> I was like, oh, what does that mean? Saw a couple episodes on or uh, clips on TikTok. I was like, damn, we got to watch this show. Yeah. And you didn't really have an idea of it, right? Kind of. No, like not really. I just, I, my mom had mentioned it and I hadn't heard of it. And then all of a sudden it was, you know, it's seeing the ads everywhere and whatnot. So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely worth a watch if you haven't seen it. It's probably one of the best shows I think I've ever seen. Yeah. I think it's it's like top five for me right now. I know I know Carmi won the actor yeah. who plays uh, mm-hmm. Carmen won a award for it. I forget which one. Maybe a, maybe a Golden Globe, but definitely that was like worth yeah. it. That guy well deserved. Yeah, seriously. There's so much things that happen, and I'm gonna talk about a spoiler thing because it's just it's it's the thing everyone talks about in season two. Wait, I'm gonna give you no it spoilers. Go away. Go away. Okay, good. Uh, you can hit the the 15 second head. The Christmas episode of season two. Oh my God. You know me. Every time, like, it started and we had no idea. Yeah. It started and you mm-hmm. were like, babe, Christmas episode. I was like, yes. Because I, I hate Christmas episodes. I love and he loves Christmas them. Episodes. I love them. I love the music. <laughs> I love watching the food. I love people like all the weird things, twists and turns, and then everyone sings at the end. Yeah. This one was not that. No. This one was it's definitely trauma. It was trauma, trauma over and trauma. over, over and yeah. over again. And then on not only that, like, all the people that were his part of his family are all like amazing stars that you would never ever think to be on a show like this. Right. But it makes sense when it comes down to it. Mm-hmm. Like Jamie Lee Curtis and Bob Odenkirk and um, Sarah Paulson mm-hmm. and the comedian we really like. Brett sounds like him and acts like him pretty much. Oh, John Mulaney. John Mulaney. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Brett Dahlenberg. Uh, <laughs> we all know you're a secretly John Mulaney. but i i i think there was just so much that happened every one of the episodes which is a bear is like pretty standard 20 30 minutes instead of like an hour-long thing which is brilliant because they just fit in so much in those 20 30 minutes but that episode was an hour long and it was an hour long of like straight up living in this family for one night holy shit 
I, yeah. Any anything you guys deal with out there with your family or what we deal with in general? Nothing. Nothing compared to that. <laughs> that was that was intense. I definitely had to, like I feel like I had to like get up and run around after that one. Yeah, for sure. I think we we definitely did that a couple times, but we shook it off. We shook it off with what? Barbie. Barbie. And so obviously we have a pink theme happening here <laughs> with my new pink bar. It's over there. We'll get a little tour later we'll for, do the, a tour, for the video. Our new pink bar glasses and mm-hmm. pink everything. Yeah, <laughs> it made sense. Yes, it made sense. Where it's that uh, Barbie core. It's, it's the whole trend right now. Oh, Barbie core. Called Barbie core. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I get it. Now. I was like, Bar- Barbie core? Like yeah, abs? No, no Barbie core. Like, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good times. No, but we had a great time. We went to, we dressed up, obviously. We're super cute. Went it, and saw the movie and just loved it from start to finish. For me, it was very much nostalgia. And, <laughs> you know, I had that and I had that and I had that because I did. I had it all. And, uh, yeah, it was really it fun was, to see it as an adult on the, you know, on the other side. It was hilarious to watch uh, Claire, my sister-in-law, and our friend Beth, the three of you, kind of like going back and forth, especially that first like 15 minutes of the movie, mm-hmm. where it's just like all these little Easter eggs, uh, and also Midge. Yeah. <laughs> and Alan. <laughs> and Alan. Oh, it's the best. <laughs> anything anything Ken can wear, Alan can wear too. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was just so good and i love that it made fun of itself oh in God. every way and i cannot so believe self-aware in mattel every way. was like yeah go for it like make fun of us for that yeah make fun of us for that for that, for that. I'm, I'm curious how that conversation actually went um i actually saw a couple different interviews and de- look up on on tiktok there's tons of interviews with yeah. people that made this movie but um one of them was with will ferrell and they asked him to do the movie and he's like you guys haven't gotten this signed off yeah, yet there's, there's, no, there's way. no way they're gonna let you make this movie and yeah. they're like no actually they, they we got the green light yeah <laughs> and he's like oh i'm in i th- i think it's it's uh it's like purposeful right like mattel has made a lot of like cartoons for kids and everything and and i and they've been always geared toward kids obviously as a, as a toy company but like something like barbie is like iconic and americana and there's a culture behind it and with it that grew up with it and it makes sense for people like yourself people like your mom yeah. Who who like love this to death and they waited until the right moment. Like this was the right moment. And I, I thought about it when we walked in. I was like, oh, we're just going to do another Barbie movie. And I was like, there's no other Barbie movie. What am I thinking of? Like, but it's been around right. for so long. Well, there are, but they're like the kids one. Right. Not this one. Like, yeah. This was not a kids yeah. movie. It's I mean, my kids loved it. They had a great time, but it's not a kids movie. It's geared towards me. Yeah. You know, those of us that, that grew up with this our entire lives and i well, mean it's the, it's i'm not gonna say this didn't shape the way that, <laughs> that i am <laughs> it's I do, very true i do think that i i have a certain type of of silhouette that i look for in heels sometimes mm-hmm. that like is very much a barbie oh heel you guys shape. should have seen her when she saw the trailer and like margot robbie comes out of the shoes and still stepping in that heel she was like <gasps> how did that happen I know I practiced it. I can yeah, do it. <laughs> I can do it too. <laughs> uh, I th- I think that the the uh, um, the feeling of it, the feeling of it is is what gets me. Is because like it was, it's infectious. Like it, you, it's just watching that movie is like watching like a history of 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 the people of America of women of that doll by itself. Like it's mm-hmm. it makes sense in the way they tell that story. Like all three of those kind of stories all at once. And it makes so much sense and it's just it was just, it was i was blown away yeah it's definitely worth a watch now we have to go see the other one what is it oppenheimer oppenheimer yeah 
and then go back to Barbie. Yeah, seriously, Shake go it off. go into Barbie <laughs> and like get out of this world and go into a fantasy world, and then come back to Oppenheimer and the Bear, which is real. Yeah. This is the real world, <laughs> right? Where we crash our cars into Christmas. <laughs> it's it's pretty incredible to see how people are taking to the this Barbie movie. Like I I have a couple of burlesque friends that I saw I've shared on social media that I have one person that shared they've gone to it. 10 times since it came out (laughs) 10 times like it must be some kind of record right like they just love it so much and they're just so all about the world that they're creating i wonder if that's like a thing where it's like it's like i found a friend and they didn't see it so i'm gonna take them in there i'm gonna take them and they all want to have to have the same experience you know for everybody so it's like we've said if you're gonna go see it go see it while it's still really busy Take a group of friends, yeah, dress exactly. up, wear pink, because mm-hmm. um, it's part of the fun. Yeah, that was really <laughs> that was another part of it too. That like, we, as soon as you walk towards the theater, you see everybody dressing in very nice clothes. Like, people didn't do that since like what the '60s to go to the <laughs> movies, and and it was very very cool because everyone was complimenting each other on that. And so like, you guys took a bunch of pictures with random people, and yeah. other people were just enjoying it. Everyone was giving compliments like crazy. And that theater was electric. It was definitely like watching a Marvel movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a bunch of nerds in one theater loving on one thing on the, on the screen. It was my Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, hopefully it's not spoilers, but there's, there's a part early on in the movie where it's like an opening and everybody's like, hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. <laughs> the, the hand. And it was like that at the movie theater. It totally was before the movie. <laughs> yeah, before any of us had yeah. seen it, that was already happening. And yeah. that, I think that was kind of magical. That was so cool. cool. Yeah, so definitely go see that and then definitely come back to reality by watching The Bear. <laughs> or listen to this. You can listen to this. I think I guess they are already if they Stuck heard all with that. Us. Yeah. Okay. Cheers. <laughs> cheers, mm. babe. I was cheersing right, the general mm-hmm. public. It's so fun to be doing this again. We had... Good intentions to do this every yeah, two weeks, exactly. and it just didn't happen. And we started out; we were on a roll. We had big plans. Uh, we were planning to do this awesome interview while we were in New Orleans for the New Orleans Burlesque Festival back in January. In January, six months. It's ago. what July? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> back in January, we were gonna meet up with Amy Johnson mm-hmm. and talk about her amazing legacy that she's left. On the Lindy Hop world. And unfortunately, like a number of things actually happened that weekend where we were just like the fates and the universe was was telling us something. Uh, first off, we forgot all of our equipment. <laughs> yeah, and by we, we I mean did me. do that. Right. Um, but uh, we were still going to find a way to do it. And we had found a way. Uh, but um, something had happened while we were in New Orleans. Yes. So. We were at a brunch show that was part of the event. It was called the Queen's Brunch. And it was a really, really amazing show with people from all over the country mm-hmm. performing. And I, I checked my phone. I was kind of further away from the stage area. So I was skimming my phone. It was pretty early in the day. We had just gotten up. Mm-hmm. And I saw that there was a shooting. And I saw right away that it was a dance studio. And immediately the name sounded familiar. And, of course, my heart dropped. Mm -hmm. And I started searching for information, and I found that it was the Star Ballroom. Mm -hmm. And I kind of elbowed Mikey and told him what was going on. And that's when I I 
heard her voice and I immediately looked at my phone as well. Uh, just like everybody, unfortunately, that happens here, we start looking for information. Um, the first things that we had learned were active shooter or there was a shooting at a ballroom and that instantly brought us to our own ballroom, Atomic Ballroom, and immediately got worried and started texting people and trying to find more information because this was happening in the Los Angeles area. And at that time, um, we didn't know, but the shooting had actually happened earlier uh, from that morning. So it was the Saturday, the, the 21st, mm -hmm. and we were already on Sunday, the 22nd. Yeah, I remember just checking my phone and then trying not to look at my phone, being like, okay, this is happening, but I'm in the show. I can't do anything right now. Yeah. And then I was shaking and then shaking more and shaking more. Mm -hmm. And it got to the point where I couldn't control my shaking and I had to leave. Yeah. I we had to, we had to my leave. Stuff and I ran out of the venue. We had to leave Mikey followed me about out. halfway through uh, the performances that morning. Um, but it was the right thing to do. We, we couldn't focus on, on the show and the performers and the artists uh, doing their best. So, we exited the building and we started to immediately call uh, people up and try to get more information, watching CNN. We went back to our room where we can start watching CNN and um, and local channels and, and Twitter and everything. And we had found that, um, that again, that shooting had happened earlier uh, that night and that the uh, person was still at large. Yeah. So uh, for me, my my thought was this person is on the loose and who knows, maybe they're, this is what they're doing. Maybe they're going around to other dance studios. Mm -hmm. And I was definitely feeling like I was in a, a panic mode. And I called Shasha, my co-studio owner, and we talked about what to do. And both of us felt it was the right thing to close for the evening, just out of an abundance of of caution and out yeah. of respect and for so many reasons. And we actually had an event happening at the studio at that moment. It was a Bobby McGee's mm -hmm. dance party. And Shasha went and uh, made sure he was at the studio just to talk to people or just to be there for anybody who needed it. Um, but when we went back to our room, uh, we were reaching out to people that we knew from our studio who also taught out of the Star Ballroom, which is where the, the first where the shooting took place um, and communicating with our, our teachers that it was just such a crazy whirlwind moment because it was like, oh no, let's, we need to still, you know, be there for our dance family. Let's not cancel things. Let's make sure people have somewhere to go to like tumbling into, oh no, we can't do that. Hold on. We're finding names to like everything just snowballed. To we started learning the that the people that we are connected to lost people in that yeah. shooting, and then this person is still at large, and it was just such a a crazy. Uh, uh, when I think back to that time, I just remember feeling like out of control because we were in New Orleans, mm -hmm. we were too far away to do anything, and just feeling like so incredibly helpless. And that is, uh, to a T, one of our like worst nightmares, to be far away from some sort of thing that's happening and we have no control over it. Yeah. Which is usually a great thing if it's uh, any other day, but in this case right here, it was just not the right timing. And we were at an event where we were having fun, and, and so everything just 
flips on a dime. And all this information we're flooded with is just like making a spiral or, as you said, like a snowball into more guilt and what do we do and do we close things down? And honestly, like it was just so, so hard for me to watch everything happening, plus watch you, plus not know what to do, where it was just like, we have to close because this is the right thing to do. There's too much misinformation. There's too much crazy information going out there. The right thing to do was to, was to can- was cancel everything that we're having at the ballroom. Well, it wasn't even for those reasons. It was that we were one degree away. Right. We, were, we knew people that were at that studio that morning. And this thing that happened is literally my worst nightmare. Mm-hmm. And to, to know that, that we were that close and then, you know, we have, I don't want to name names. I don't know if I mm. should, but, but the teachers that taught there that also work for us. Yeah. Um, calling us and telling us who had passed away that they knew at the studio. And yeah. it just, it, it was, I've never experienced anything like that. I felt myself like in this state of like, unco- uh, maybe it's shock. Yeah. Maybe that's oh, the only totally. way I can describe it. I don't think I've ever felt anything like this before, but I, I was shaking uncontrollably. And I got to a point where I'm like, Mikey, I just need to call my mom. Yeah. <laughs> I need to call my parents. And I did. And I just called my my parents and I just cried and cried. And I didn't know what else to do. I don't, it's such a helpless feeling to feel like our community was hurt. And there's yeah. nothing we could do about it. I think everything we were hearing, the information that was coming out of um, Monterey Park and Alhambra at the time was um, a lot of hearsay at the time and a, a couple of truths. And all of it sounded plausible to us um not gonna speak too much on it but unfortunately we do live in the united states and where this kind of act um that should be not happening is happening quite often and it's not that we're numb to it but we start to be more vigilant and i think when we started hearing the one the two factors of this was at a ballroom and then the second one being it was another ballroom that got us completely, for lack of a better term, freaked out. L- completely did not know what to do. Like, is this person, like, our, again, spiraling? Like, is this person going after us? Is this person going after ballrooms? And to be completely honest, from my point of view, I was like, what? I'm, I'm just going to speak from my heart, unfortunately, and it's gonna, not going to sound great. But what kind of creepy motherfucker did, thought they were... Uh, amazing dancers and were turned down or some bullshit like that and just started doing this crazy shit like that's what started going through my head and that's why i was like we gotta we can't i i I mean all honestly like i i know i probably freaked out you probably freaked out we probably freaked out by canceling everything but it was the right thing to do because of the people we knew that knew the people that were there and they couldn't even be there for for you know for their own reasons so we just yeah the best thing to do just to close down and just like everybody just be vigilant and be be on the lookout it, it was really strange because suddenly I was getting phone calls from ABC news, news outlets like Good Morning, Good Morning America, America yeah. called me. And I'm like, I don't I'm not comfortable talking. I don't want to talk about this. Like yeah. this is this is our direct community that's being affected by this. And I don't have the words for this. I don't want to speak about how I feel. I don't want to speak on behalf of people that were there or could have been there. And. Man, just to feel like I can't imagine what what 
people that were there were dealing with, you know, and mm-hmm. we're, we're separated enough um, that it wasn't like directly affecting us, but it was affecting us and it was affecting our, our tight knit community. And, yeah. you know, I, I instantly, you know, as the, the victim's name started coming out, I instantly started looking for if those names were in our system mm-hmm. because you know, when when you go to one studio, you go to another studio. Like yeah. we all travel around and dance at various places. I know I went to that studio to take tango workshop in the past, and so it's just it it makes it so close to home. And I think both of us immediately were like, okay, what do we do? We need to get home, and we need to prepare for the to the best of our ability. And uh, we started searching for resources mm-hmm. for our staff and and really anybody who was interested in, in joining us. But it was awesome. Um, the city of Irvine, the Irvine PD, has a program where they come out and they do um, like a, what do they call it, an active threat threat training. And our staff got together and Officer Rick came out and Irvine he PD. gave us this really amazing training. And of course, you know, we can only prepare so much, but... Um, that little bit of extra, not necessarily peace of mind, but just, you know, knowledge of, of, of what you of could do, what is possible to do in mm-hmm. that situation, because obviously, you know, who knows who really knows. Exactly. And it was a surreal moment because we had to deal with something that is close to us, but we never thought it would be that close. That is like the perfect MO for like being surprised like that. And because we deal with so many different customers and so many different types of people every day, it's just made sense to have our staff be at least a little bit more knowledgeable. And if for anything, for you, Shaysh, and me to understand that as well. And uh, we were really great to know. And I'm just going to give a couple of notes from what we learned from that, um, um, the active threat uh, um, lecture. Training. Training. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And I think some of the things was um, having someone at the front desk is always a good thing um, that you can spot, see things that are out of the ordinary. So if something looks like doesn't make any sense, then you should definitely say something. You should definitely um, activate anything that makes that is ready to stop something like that uh, from happening. Um, saying hello at the front desk, just stopping the person at the front desk just to make sure that you talk to them can can be a deterrent. Everything can be a deterrent, and it was really nice to know that a lot of the, the things that we were doing already at the ballroom were, uh, were good things to stop anything negative happening like that. Um, I don't want to paraphrase or say things wrong or, or give instruction on what to do, but... Mm-hmm. The best piece of advice I could give, if you if you have a studio, if you um, even if you have a like a retail store or whatever your small business is, um, doesn't even have to be dancing. Um, or if you run a weekly swing dance or whatever mm-hmm. it is that you do, a, a burlesque show, even um, look to your local city and go to the police station and just see what kind of programs they have. This was a free program. Yeah. This officer came out and spent a lot of time with us and gave us a lot of really, mm-hmm. really good information. Took, to, took us through an entire um, case study of another event that happened. And um, it's, it's unfortunate that we have to look to these things, but it's also 
pretty awesome that these resources are there for us. Yeah. Um, and they're pretty readily available. So uh, if you're in the Irvine area, look up Officer Rick. He's pretty awesome. Yeah. It was <laughs> um, really, truly amazing for sure. But just wherever you are, I think that is an amazing resource and take advantage of it. Yeah. It's, uh, it's definitely something that we came back from New Orleans and we were like immediately like, forget the podcast. There's more important things to do. And we immediately went into like, not even crisis management, just management. Like what can we do? What extra things? And, and we implemented them. And I, and I, uh, I really, uh, admire the amount of things that you did, the things, the, the, um, the things you start to look up and, and understand and the people you talk to about it, like getting officer Rick out there, like just little things like that, not only helped you out with how you were feeling about the situation that I feel like from my point of view, but it also helped me out and also helped out our staff. I truly believe that. And mm-hmm. I, and I, uh, um, I say it's a lot to ourselves and, 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 and passing and everything, but I would say like, you're an amazing boss. Like you are, you, lead by example but also on top of that like you lead by your gut and your gut has never failed you and in this case right here it was like one of the best things how would we have known this resource like officer rick was there like unless you reached out and that is one of the one of your best qualities for sure is that your your ability to just kind of like follow (laughs) what you know is right and then other people follow that as well Mm, thanks welcome (laughs) but it was really hard to come back and we were like we got to talk about it and yeah we weren't ready for it I feel like this th- it definitely stunted us because we felt like we couldn't move on. We couldn't just do another episode of the podcast and mm-hmm. not address why we just suddenly stopped doing it and why um, we didn't do the things we said we were going to do because mm-hmm. we did have very good intentions of, of we had a plan. <laughs> we were so excited about it. And I just in in like good faith for myself, like I didn't have the heart to really get into it. Yeah. I yeah, think it made sense. Now, so. Yeah, it made sense for sure. Um, so with that, we'll end that part of the topic of the of this part of the show, and uh, we left the time code down below. So we'll start the next topic of the show, which is ILHC. Uh, yeah. So and I mean, it's it's been <laughs> <laughs> it was a, a crazy whirl whirlwind from January exactly until now, and just. In that span of time, the amount of events that we did are just crazy. Just go back to the last episode. Listen we, to all the stuff we, we said we were going to do. Yeah. We did all of that and way more. Way, way more. And then, you know, all the normal work stuff on top of that. But then... And home life. Right after uh, Viva Las Vegas, um, we had some time. A little bit of time. About a month. And then we went to ILHC. Yes, in, in New, New York. York, in Harlem, back in New York. And that the was Alhambra Ballroom. That was such an amazing thing because that was our, our first big event since uh, coming out of COVID. Yeah, well, Camp Hollywood. Camp Hollywood, yeah, that's true. I think I always feel like Camp Hollywood is in a, just a different category for me because I'm always like, that's my hometown event. Yeah. Like, that's over here. <laughs> Not to diminish yeah. it at all. It's just like, it's just like, that's the tried and true, you know, that's your local bar. <laughs> and uh, I like to see is definitely the. Just like something that I've only missed one. And that one I missed was last year when they did like the ILHC lights and they tested everybody and did all that whole thing. Mm-hmm. And um, I was always sad to miss it, but definitely felt really good to be back in, uh, at ILHC while ILHC was in New York 
and uh, in Harlem, and especially the Alhambra Ballroom. It's hard to say. I know. I stumbled on it, too. Alhambra Ballroom. (laughs) Which is great for so many reasons, but if you read Frankie's book, uh, that's the place where he would go dancing as a kid. That's where he learned to dance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was really amazing. I had never stepped in there before. I had seen many video clips. There's this awesome video clip of like a Savoy reunion or a Savoy like celebration. And um, the Silver Shadows were there. They were still are some of the most amazing dancers in the world right now. And they did an awesome performance for all of the legends of the dance and the kind of originators of the dance while they were all sitting there having a great time watching them. Yeah. I mean, it was amazing. We had a, a, a really privileged place to see everything we were judges this year mm-hmm. and we didn't compete we didn't do any performing none of that stuff we just judged yeah we're i think i judgy. did i think i did oh, like 13 or 14 contests yeah. and you did like one just, less just shy of that yeah yeah um what an amazing way to to take in that event <laughs> like literally sitting there watching the mm-hmm. best dancers in the world the throw f- down the front row seat yeah mm-hmm. to everything it's 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 if you've gone to any events for sh- before, like you know there's that little space right? you, you can stand behind the judges or like next to them or sit right next to them. It's really good. But there's something different about sitting down directly in front of dancers that are just like trying everything they can to impress you, but not only that, to like defy the, the rules of gravity. Like it's just like it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And like and and push the limits of what we think this dance can do. And and, and this ILHC was was no different because everybody who came out there went and tried something so hard and so difficult for themselves. And I, I applaud everyone who went out on that floor. Like there was not one time where I was just like, Ooh, I mean, definitely there was only times where I was like, oh, that didn't work out, but that doesn't diminish the <laughs> so idea. Judgy. Oh, I was so judgy, <laughs> but I, but I, that didn't diminish the idea that I'm like, I'm so proud of a person to go out there and hit that floor and try their best, you know? There was some special magic about being in that ballroom. There was a nice, cozy mm-hmm. atmosphere. And I think in all the past, ILHCs, they were great. I always had a great time, but they're so vast. And yeah. everything's so spaced out. And usually, you know, everybody's pretty stressful. There's that air of stress. But even though it was competition, that something about, like, the coziness of the venue, I felt like the stress was a little bit alleviated yeah. at the event. And it was really fun. It was really a cool. Great time. Like it, it reminded us uh, of when we used to do Inspiration Weekend in Fullerton. Yeah. Where it was like this older ballroom, but it was like a cozy atmosphere. You didn't have to leave the venue. It was Everything was right there. Um, even the, like the feeling of like going upstairs to the ballroom. Mm-hmm. You know, like that was, that was really cool. Like it felt like, it felt like a different version of ilhc but still had the like the feeling and the roots of it and for me it's not that they went back because that big venue that they had before the hotel big and vast and big bright lights and all this huge ass floor is cool for sure but like kind of a i don't know like it's like an evolution it's like a it's like that worked but now this new chapter is starting Mm -hmm. and and a new book is starting and i'm like oh my god i love this i love this so much um i often think this a lot with events even with ours, Inspiration Weekend, I'm always like, I feel like they should have a natural ending. I feel like mm-hmm. they should start and then they should have a natural ending and then they don't just go away and fade away. I like, it's like, 
it's like a book. It's like a good movie. It's like a good series. Like it, it, it has a beginning and it really feels it good. It has a time. It has a time and it goes through this whole thing and has a really solid ending. Like I, I really um, feel that for a lot of events. And, and don't get me wrong. If events keep going and they keep going and they keep going and they keep going, good for you. Good job. Why not? This is my, just my personal feeling. And I'm really glad to have seen Inspiration Week and go from the beginning to an end. And I love that because that, that's an end of that thing but then a beginning of something else because yeah. you're freeing up that time. You're freeing up the mental capacity and the emotional feelings of everything to start something new, a new project. Like, I don't want it to be the end of, of what you're doing. I want it to be the end of, like, that thing and then going on to this. Yeah. Well, you know, there's a, the assumption that just because an event happens once, it has to happen every year. Right, right. And so I think sometimes that happens is that you keep doing an event because it's the thing everybody expects but it's not always the thing that's needed right. at the time. And that's okay to let, you know, things run their course mm-hmm. and then start something new. But I, I felt like this anew for uh, ILHC was exactly oh yeah, exactly what it needed. Or what I needed for, mm-hmm. from ILHC in that moment was that. Yeah. Like I, I was very, very happy with that setup. And it wasn't just the venue. For me, it was, again, the first big event event outside of LA that we'd been to and yeah. just having the conversations that we had with people mostly the, the same weekend. mostly the same topic was it yeah because there was like come up to us being like I'm so happy for oh yes you guys, <laughs> <laughs> you guys yeah, are it came so up a lot happy. yeah but I, I but I sorry that was just that was a, that was a side <laughs> that joke but also that, that did come up a lot and I think it's but it's also the idea that like even though we were far apart for so long I have everybody in the community and we were such a uh, integral part in like the, the bigger scene and then now we're like here and we're centralized and we're we're good but I think so people still watch and so people see social media mm. is like that's funny the best thing about it is that you can still keep up with your friends and keep up with people you want to keep up with yeah and we don't make it any secret and we put ourselves out there and it's, it's it was nice it was it nice was to really be nice. in the first big event uh open as a, as couple? a couple I yeah. know it was really cute <laughs> We were really cute. Really, really cute. It was real cute. It was real cute. Actually, there was a picture that came out today that uh, oh, Jerry yeah, posted. Of us, of us, there, of us mm-hmm, dancing there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we spent a lot of time uh, reconnecting with people, but we also spent a lot of time talking about what we value in like Lindy the, Hop. Us too, me and you. As yeah. individuals, yeah. not like what the scene values, but what like I value as a dancer and what Mikey values as a dancer. And... Um, you know, when you're in a position to judge mm-hmm. and you're comparing apples to oranges, like everybody is so completely different from each other all the time. And of course, there's similarities while doing the same dance. But the way everybody expresses the dance and now you're like, OK, well, this person's amazing and this person's amazing. How do I compare these two people together? And it was really fun to uh, be in a position to explore all of that again with literally the best dancers. Oh, yeah, totally. And and. By explore that as well, like we were just like every time we would judge and you, yeah, every time we would judge, we'd end up talking about it. Whether I was judging or you were judging, we're ju- we were both yeah. judging. We would talk about it afterwards after we turned in our, our score sheets or like if there was like afternoon contests, we'd be like done with that and go to dinner and with all, it's all we would talk about and yeah. this and that and this and that. And in in so many different ways, we disagreed, but in so many different ways, we agreed. And it's so interesting to both of us to hear unabashedly how we think of a subject. 
Yeah. You know, like, or how we thought of a routine or how we mm-hmm. thought of like individuals, dancer, individual dancers, excuse me, and what that means to us. And it, it's so eye opening to have that because that's kind of what you want in a good partnership. You want to be able to trust the other person even while we have these like crazy ideas or like a fleeting moment of, of, of I felt like this, so I did like this, mm-hmm. you know? And as a judge, I wish I can be the same all the time. And that we found that we usually are, we value those things, but sometimes you just shoot off and you're like, I like this though, like that time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, but that was so good. Like, how can I not celebrate that and, and, and reward that? And so I think that's, it's really cool that in our partnership, it's evolved to the point where we can verbally say it to each other as opposed to like a dance thing where you non-verbally say it to each yeah. other, where we can do that as well, trust each other and see the best and like, ah, uh, try to understand it, like where are you coming from? And not only that, like question it. Mm-hmm. We question each other a lot. Yeah. And that was really, really cool. And um, I'm sure everybody else had conversations like this too, but I think for us, it's just like we've seen a lot of shit go through the scene. And, <laughs> yeah. and we've seen and come a, back around yeah, again. And come back around again. <laughs> and uh, like we've been through a lot of different versions of ourselves. Yeah. And it got, gets us thinking because remember that time we used to do the thing like that and they did the thing like that. And now we're here and they're there. Like that's so weird. One of my favorite things, and we talked about this a lot even before ILHC, one of my favorite things at ILHC this year was that uh, not everybody was trying to look like a swing dancer, like a vintage swing dancer. You know, like I feel like I was so happy to see so much modern fashion mm-hmm. at ILHC this year. I mean, there were some definite trends that were happening. There were definitely the cholo. Yeah. Where they just the like, they just, the top button up like this. It. I think yeah. some people were just missing the shades and like the low uh, uh, bandana right here. And it would have been East Loss. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just love that like people were wearing tennis shoes. Not everybody yeah. was trying to wear heels. Like that was a thing for a while. And I think exactly. I, I just love that it's not like, let's look like we're from the 1940s anymore. And of course, I love that. And I am a huge fan of vintage. And I have nothing against um, people that love vintage and dress vintage. But I feel like it was like a breath of fresh air. It really was. Because people sure. were so young and so vibrant with everything the yeah. the way they did their hair the way they dressed themselves the way they moved like it was a really unique um take for me i yeah i feel like after coming out of covid i felt like watching on social media a lot of different events coming back especially i like to see last year when they were in that like hotel that looked like a club mm-hmm. and it was so awesome to me watch everybody in their fashion like, of course, they're dancing for sure. But I'm like, I'm a judging motherfucker. And I'm like, what are they wearing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and like, yeah. I'm loving it so much. I remember there was, and I may not, I'm not going to name names, but there was a contest that was happening somewhere in the world. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say I'm gonna say that like they had us judge also on a criteria of what they're wearing. And I wholeheartedly disagreed. And I went up to the organizer and I was like, I'm not going to do that. And if that's that's not okay with you, then I'll just bow out and I won't mm-hmm. judge. And they're like, okay, but you'll judge everything else, but you'll do like the other things after that. I was like, yep, yeah. okay, cool. So I judged the whole weekend knowing that. And then there was, in that same event, there was a, I think it was like a solo jazz, like two duo group like that. It was like mm-hmm. maybe two guys and they were just like in a white shirts and like some khakis and some tennis shoes. And, you know, like, Whatever they were in the hair, it wasn't like completely like well done. It was just like just matchy, and it looked modern and it looked fine. You know, it didn't look like anything crazy. It didn't. Mm-hmm. It didn't 
help them. It didn't hurt them. It just was. And I was like, cool. And I remember the other judges around me being like, do you see what they're wearing? Jesus, what are they wearing? Oh, my God. Like, all this stuff. And, like, back and forth. And I was like, fucking assholes. Like, <laughs> I just, like, hated them, hated them, hated them. And I won't say names, but they were French. So you could just take it from there. Um, but the, 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 the biggest takeaway for me is, like, that was a point where I started, like, following less of the trends of what was going on being like, are you happy in what you're doing as in dancing? Then wear whatever the fuck you want. Mm -hmm. And I think now we're finally being like, that's who we are. That's, that's how we keep the dance alive is by living now as well. Like carrying the baggage of the past, carrying the baggage of a generation's lost fucking times, but being joyous through it and punching through everything else with his dance. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. I thought it was really inspiring. It was oh really yeah. fun to see all the um, European fashions and and fashions and dance too, yeah. the way that people moved and the influence that was happening. Um, starting to see that European influence more yeah. here. Uh, it was just a really fun place to be. It was a really great introduction back to being part of the the bigger, greater scene. You know what was really cool? Sorry, again about fashion. So uh, you know what was really cool? What? Sorry, now that I think about it even more, it's like you said European fashion. I'm like, yeah. But also like 90s fashion, which yeah. is like the major the major overarching thing of this kind of last couple, let's say two or three years. Right. Mm -hmm. Like yep. maybe major 90s vibes. And usually Lindy Hop scene, swing dancing doesn't really pick up on the trends of a world of the, of the rest of the world. But this time they have. And I was like, <laughs> I'm all for it. Let's do yeah. it. Let's do it. microfiber <laughs> pants with some like long oversized button downs. I'm in. Let's do it. Yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> We're some whores for fashion. <laughs> um, but it was fun to go to ILHC and then straight from ILHC pretty much to the ILHC of Burlesque, which is the, the Burlesque Hall of Fame mm -hmm. weekend. In Las Vegas. Of course. Of course. <laughs> um, but to go from being a judge to being just a spectator and a lot of yeah. really crazy awesome things happened this year at the burlesque hall of fame weekend first off we won the bowling tournament oh yeah we won the bowling tournament oh it's up there we got it we we'll show it we'll show it for the video people <laughs> we're showing it now we're showing it here look at the horns look at it's shiny and then we got the bowling one we also won the other one too what do you was uh best ball handling best ball handling that's right <laughs> but you, you can we, think you can think of that one but we actually did have the highest bowling scores no, 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 we didn't. Yes, we did. We know because we would have won. We would have won that one. We did. We won the whole tournament. What are you talking oh, about? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh well, there were, no, but no, there was a, there was. I thought the individual. Every, I almost. Did. Oh, the individual I scores. Did. No, the, the but guy we beat won me the, like by fifteen points. We won the the overall team score. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yes, we yeah. actually won it. Don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we won it. Yeah, we won it. I forget. Yeah, yeah, I forgot. I was like, maybe we just won because we were awesome. But we. we <laughs> so every every team. Um, it's it's a tradition. It's called Bearcats Bowling. And the, um, back in the day, back in like the 50s or the 60s, they started this uh, tradition. And it was, it, you know, a bunch of burlesquers and they had a bowling team. And um, now they do that at the Burlesque Hall of Fame. And um, everybody picks a theme for their team. And you have to bribe the judges. And um, it's just silly and crazy. It's and so we like cool. dance and then roll the ball. Yeah. And also if you ever been, if you guys have ever been to Vegas or not, like there's there's some hotel resorts out there that like you don't have to leave, like and it's usually because they have like big uh, conventions or they cater also to the locals. And in this one in particular, and a couple of them outside of the Strip, this one had a bowling alley, and the bowling alley is like 50 lanes deep. It's huge, 
it's not just a couple little lanes, right? And so the Behoff like takes over the last ten lanes way on the other side of the the, the whole thing. And they thing. put up a curtain. They put up a curtain <laughs> so you can't see in because because burly people get cray, and they, they start doing doing some things like those llamas. Those llamas did some things. Yeah. Some spinning things. <laughs> and uh, I, I, it was just so much fun. Everyone's having a fun. Everyone's having fun because they come in dressed up. They come in ready to bowl. They come in to fuck with each other. They come in to like take pictures and have fun. The, the judges are all judging off of like random shit. Random stuff. Like I think a couple years ago, you won best side boob. I did. Yeah. That's very my, proud of that one. my biggest title from yeah. Burlesque Hall <laughs> of Fame weekend. Now this one. And now, yeah, yeah, bowling champion. But uh, I think I think with Burlesque Hall of Fame as well, like just like we talked about ILHC, it kind of it evolves and and it moved forward. And I'm, it was just so amazing. Like you said, spectator, but I'm just like, take it like well, another step further. Like especially this year for both of us, um, because of our relationship and because of what we do with Muse and because mm-hmm. of how amazing you are out there and just. Uh, being yourself in the burlesque community in, in LA, Orange County, um, we just felt a part of that community. And I was like, spectator, yeah, but like community members, you know, like yeah. we were a part of this cool ass club that everyone's open to for sure. But like, man, we felt it this year for sure. It also helped because it was your birthday. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was Viva. You're that's confusing right. It. That's right. Never mind. No, <laughs> that was Viva. Every Vegas. It was things. all the same it's people. The same people. Same hotel. That's why same it's Vegas. confusing. Sorry, it wasn't that. <laughs> but but uh, but regardless, like uh, yeah, I've been drinking. The regardless, <laughs> um, it was also f- really great to be a part of that community and like feel that. Well, not only that, we we witnessed history. This was the first Behoff where they took away the misses. Hi. They took off. The, they took away the the queen category, and it was more um, inclusive and non-binary. And we had our first uh, queen Samsonite. Yeah. Our cis male queen. Yeah. Of burlesque, which is is historical and crazy awesome. And um, we had non-binary winners and trans winners, and I think um, it's a huge step forward for the burlesque community and i think this this historical thing is gonna change things all over the world so who knows if it'll be this exact thing next year but it's probably going to cascade everywhere around us and just create more inclusivity for everything everywhere um in the burlesque scene or not i think it's just like a stepping stone yeah it it goes along the same lines for me it's like the idea of of a tradition is really fun it's really great it's really cool but then like moving forward with it you know, moving, moving, what else can we do now that we broke boundaries before with this tradition? Like, what else can we do? And I, I feel like the Behoff this year really pushed that. And s- some people, some people feel about it. But I think, I think in the long term, uh, it'll, it'll push the whole community into evolving forward, evolving more, looking for more, um, wanting more. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's a, it's a really cool move. It, it's interesting because I spent, a lot of time at ILHC talking to people about the burlesque scene mm-hmm. and talking about the progressiveness of the burlesque scene and how the burlesque scene as a whole is miles ahead yeah. of our already pretty progressive Lindy Hop scene. Yeah. And so if, if the Lindy Hop scene is progressive, the burlesque scene is like <laughs> way, ahead. way, way up there. And Wait, I, you gotta you know, say it, you gotta say it. You gotta, you gotta, what do you, what do you call Lindy Hoppers? You gotta say it. 
Uh, it's true, though. Everyone yeah. agrees with us every time we well, say it. Well, there's, there's this thing, and I've, I've experienced it personally, and I know that there's a tendency amongst the Lindy Hop crowd to look down on um, women who are more... Open with their sexuality? Yeah, being more more sexual or open or sensual or with mm-hmm. the type of movement that they have or um, the type of routine that they're yeah. doing or getting involved in the burlesque scene. And I've experienced that myself. And so I have a, I, I refer to Lindy, like the overall Lindy Hop scene is <laughs> sex positive prudes. Yeah. Because I feel like as, as progressive as the Lindy Hop scene wants to be, they can learn so much from the burlesque world. Yeah, totally. That has been literally fighting for this uh, since the 1930s, 40s, 50s, 60s. Like, we, not only were women fighting for this way back then, but so were BIPOC performers, so were trans performers, so were non-binary performers. And I think those things are just now, you know, starting to become more normalized in the mainstream. And it's pretty amazing when you see the path that the burlesque world has paved for Mm -hmm. people today. It's pretty great. It is really cool. And like the reason why I kind of urged you to say it is because I I want people to understand that, that as open as they may be, especially the Lindy Hoppers, like especially Lindy Hopper, let's put it this way. Let's put more swing dancers. Uh, Swing dancers are pretty open and pretty liberal with a lot of things. They really do are accepting, but I think there are things when you bring it up, especially in our conversations off microphone, uh, off air, uh, we talk about it, we get into it, and I often defend a lot of the swing dance world, and then you kind of like show this, uh, like, yeah, and it's also this other thing. You know, it's like, it's not either or, it's like there is more steps to be done. Yeah. You know, and I think with the, with, with this new information that we have, this feeling being a, being a part of two different communities that are so vastly, no, excuse me, <laughs> vastly, vastly <laughs> different, but also very similar. Yeah, uh, I think we can learn a lot from each other, mm-hmm. and and I think we're we're gonna help be that bridge as as we continue in our lives. Um, but definitely one of them is Lindy Hopper Swing Dancers, like. Like you just gotta accept that people are sexual in some way, and and but the cool thing is, is that you gotta accept it in like a, a, a consenting way. If you're not okay with it, you just say not okay with it, and that's it. But if you're okay with it, then it's all good. I think for me, it's more like don't try not to look down on people for doing something that maybe you're not comfortable with. Pause. What Come do you on need? In. What's up? What do you need?
Sounds great. Yeah, we'll be fine. Okay, we're gonna start, okay? It's only an hour. <laughs> Probably less because I took like 10 minutes to do that first thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. So okay. we just like jump in the next thing? Yeah. Okay. Ready? Uh -huh. Three, two, one. And the next thing. <laughs> you see that magical that cut? That was a really bad transition. That was a really great transition. <laughs> you could have just been like, and now we're back to blah, 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 blah. But now we're back is still saying that we went somewhere. But you could just be like, and now we're, you know. See, it's not as easy as you thought. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's better just to say the elephant in the room. I don't know. I think I think we could have done it. We could have done it earlier. Well, we we'll have better. Uh, 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 we'll have. We'll, we can do it again later, if we want. Mm -hmm. Or we can just wait until next month when we forget how to do it and then try it again. Yeah, that's probably what's gonna <laughs> happen anyway. <laughs> the next thing uh, we want to talk about is us teaching. Yeah. At. Atomic. <laughs> you okay? Yeah, Do you want me to stop? Nope. Nope. <laughs> I was just going to say, yeah, let's come back. <laughs> Hold on. Let's, that was all really bad. Babe, that's okay. No, it it's was okay. not good, though. It's okay. It can be bad. It's okay. It can be bad. I don't want it to be bad. It's, it's okay. It's true, because you listen to your shitty podcast where they're just like yelling at each other the whole time. <laughs> if they can do that, we can do anything. Yeah. See, exactly. That's what I'm talking about. So now we're going to talk about Atomic. Yeah. What's happening at Tom? So well, it's it's been fun because we we get to cover classes. Mm -hmm. So uh, Blake and Grace usually teach on Tuesdays at Atomic. Uh, hopefully, you know who they are. Um, <laughs> they're awesome, uh, but they're being all famous and traveling Europe. So yeah, for the whole month. Um, when they leave, we like to cover their classes just because we sort of started those classes and on um, Tuesdays post pandemic, mm -hmm. and um, they have a special place. Yeah, so sure. it it's fun for us to jump in and teach the week weekly classes and you know there's a lot of things that we want for the studio and we can't always be there so us filling in with classes gives us that chance to exactly to have the experience that our other teachers are having we tell all of our staff the teachers and the front desk people all the same thing you're our eyes and ears we try our best absolutely we have everybody's best intentions in mind but um we need them to tell us what's happening we need them to, to interface with the with the students and the customers and we know that we want to be there all the time, but because of everything that we do, uh, we can't always uh, make it. But with this right here, it's always the best time because when we can jump in, we get to teach with everybody. We get to tell them that you're the owner, that I'm the manager. We, they get to know that personal experience. Like, imagine how many times you know the owner of a business or a manager of a business somewhere and how, like, how that makes you feel like you have a personal connection with somebody. And through dancing, you always have personal connections because you're physically touching somebody. I feel like we always come in and we're like, we're the fun, crazy couple, you know, like <laughs> we're dressed in pink <laughs> in our Nikes. Yeah, no, I, I feel like <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I feel like um, there was there was a lot of years where we were teaching that we were like, I don't know, we were so young yeah. and we were so like, we got to do this and this and this is right and this is wrong and blah, 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 blah. And we've been doing this so long now that we've both gotten to the place where we're like, no, this is fun. If this isn't fun, there's something wrong. Yeah. And I think when we approach our classes, we have that mentality. And so I feel like um, it's like, I don't, I don't want to say that our classes are so different from theirs because I feel like fundamentally we, we value the same things. Right. But but I think we come in with a, just a different era about us yeah. and the way that we teach things. And um, it's really fun. 
I love it, is, it. It's it's so much fun. It's so much fun. I think that's like one of the biggest things about teaching, um, probably in every style, but like, but teaching in in swing dancing, especially Lindy Hop. Um, there's such a focus on so many different stylistic choices and impro- improvisational um, things that you can make happen. Plus the idea of of how you are dancing compared to this person that you're dancing with now is maybe different from the next person you dance with. The next song is different and the next feel. So everything about it is constantly moving, constantly changing. So it's really great for all of our students at Atomic or anywhere really to, if you're used to something, try something different and you might get something really, really amazing out of it, but you also may just find out they're like, "Ah, I don't like that different. I like what I like, and that's okay too, but at least you tried that, and I think we get the chance to be there and be that funny, crazy couple that comes out here and we're like, he's saying F-bombs and this and doing all (laughs) that and making fun of each other. Yeah, Uh, we crack a lot of jokes. We do crack a lot of jokes, but like, I feel like, like you said a minute ago, like we started this so young. I was 19 when we started, and you were Mm -hmm. 21, Mm -hmm. and we almost immediately started teaching and it was bad. When I think of those days, I'm like, I mean, it's fine. It's fine. Right. We did, yeah, we, well, we, we, we did the, our job. Yeah, we, we learned on was, the job, but it was, yeah, we learned on the job, but I think it was like this idea that we had an idea, but we didn't know how to like say it, at least on my part. And I would try my best to describe something I was feeling, so describe something I was doing in the dance. And I'd be like, it's like you're red. But you're going, so red doesn't mean stop. And then you would like translate that. You'd be like, <laughs> Mikey thinks you should go on count two. <laughs> yeah. And I'd be like, that, that. that, that's what I want. <laughs> the early days. Yeah, the early days. Yeah. I, I think it's it's just really fun. Like I, I really like the way that we approach classes now. We have um we always have a plan. There's a journey that we take the students on, but we kind of trick them into getting there. Oh, they're gonna say laughing. but we 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 take them on a journey and they they learn a lot along the way but Mm -hmm. then at the end i feel like there's those light light bulb moments that are going off for people and i i feel like it's the way that we're approaching it and um, i don't know i I, it just it's been it's been um we only did one week so far yeah but (laughs) every time every time we do it every time we do anything like this where we cover one week or multiple weeks or whatever um or we teach in general we can't help but think of our past mm-hmm. and where we've come from and how we got there. One of the things that always gets me about, especially now how we teach, is how I'm, oh, how, rather, let me rephrase this. How more willing you are to uh, tell me what you're feeling and thinking about whatever we're teaching and doing, mm-hmm. which is totally great. Oh, compared to like the early days? Yeah, where oh, you yeah. were like, uh, I guess, yeah, yeah. maybe. And no, I, I didn't it, have opinions. It, I'm, well, I mean, like, <laughs> but also at the same time, I was I was so like overbearing that I was like, even if you did say something, we're like, nah, nah. Like, yeah. no, let's not do that. Yeah. Like, definitely this one. And I think after the fact, I see how arrogant that was and I see how like, what's the word like hiding how bad I really was, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, like, like yeah, it. you're doing a thing that I've seen done. I don't know how to do, so I'm not going to touch that to make myself look bad. So let's do my thing. Mm. But I think in the same time, it's like, it, it's a, it's really amazing that you were able to understand that from me and be able to translate it in a lot of ways <laughs> and then tell me what I'm saying. And, and it, it, it's, it's never lost on me how many times where like I regurgitate something that you said, of a thing that I felt 
You know, it's like you were translating myself back to me. Yeah. You know, and I, I think it, it still happens in this way where it's like I have an idea and it's like this and like this. And then you get an idea off of that. Mm. So it, it kind of just goes, it matches to the idea of like um, bouncing ideas off of one another in the middle of a dance. Mm -hmm. And we think about this like, you know, a couple minutes before a class because we have so many like little things that we have. And we're like, I'm thinking about this today. Yeah. And then you're like, I'm thinking about this. Kay. Sometimes it matches. Yeah. Sometimes it doesn't. it doesn't. Yeah. But then sometimes, sometimes <laughs> it, we it find their way there. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes it just flows really easily together. Where we're like, oh, cool, we can get both of the things. Yeah, it's really funny. We used to. I remember. I have this vivid memory of a lot of times, but specifically <laughs> this one. It was our first time in Korea. It was our first time teaching yeah. Korea. Yeah, swing it. Super early on. Yeah, we were teaching. We're performing. We're doing the whole thing, and it was like the f one of the first big events that we taught it together, mm -hmm. especially out of the country. Yeah. And uh, Mikey had this notebook. Yeah. And we would get together and we would spend all of this time writing down notes for every class that we were going to teach. Okay, you're going to say this, and I'm going to say this, and then you're going to focus on this thing, and I'm going to focus on that thing. And it was like... What are we going <laughs> to call this move? And we're going to do the move. Wait, what did you do when I go? Okay, left hand, right hand. And that's what it would be. That would be the note. Left hand, right hand. <laughs> well, we spent all this time <laughs> planning these classes because we didn't know what the fuck we were doing. You bring up the notebooks every time. Yeah. And I'm like, I have them funny. in the fucking garage right now. I like, know. I can go get them. You should pull those out. <laughs> I'd like to see if I can even read them. But I, it's just so funny because now we're like, we don't even... Like we'll, we'll plan classes as we're walking to classes sometimes yeah, or we'll, yeah. you know, we'll take five minutes in the office and, and put the class together. And, and it always starts out the same way. You walk in and go, so what are we teaching? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. You decide. But I, I think it's just such a, a testament to our long, long history and yeah. uh, working together. And uh, I love that. I love that. I love walking into a class without a plan and seeing the students yeah. and then instantly knowing what to do. Well, we always ha we always have plans on plans. And back in the day, those plans on plans were on the, in a notebook. Like you can see it literally where it would be like five topics and they all kind of flow into one another. Or we try our best to flow in one another or maybe they just like two things fit and then another thing just to take them off on, on another tangent. Mm. But I think now... And we try. Oh, we tried to get all of those topics in one hour class, mm -hmm. which was so hard. Yep. But we wanted to pack it full. We we wanted to make them feel like they had a lot. We had a lot to say. We wanted them like show off, but also make sure that they could show up. And now we're like with with forty five minute classes at Atomic, like you know that you're only gonna get to two things, but we know we still have those three things. Like we constantly always know. And it's cool because for us, a lot of the times we'll call an audible, which is like the change up, right? Mm -hmm. So like the so like we're, we're starting with one thing and we're seeing them struggle. So we take a little more time. So instead of going that second thing, we're or we like, go on a tangent yeah, and work on this other yeah. technique and then come back to it. Yeah. yeah oh, but, but then but then we have that second thing that usually did flow into it, but like we're like, no, 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 that's not that's not the thing they need right now. Mm -hmm. We should go to this other other yep. thing. And it's always so magic when we do that, because I always feel like we're 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 listening as much as they are. And we're wanting them to succeed by showing them that, that like the hard thing isn't really that hard. You just have to flip your mind a little bit. Like you have to try it and it can work. Yeah. I fucking love that every time. I do too. Yeah. It's so it's, it makes it inspiring in the moment. Gets me excited to teach. And I, you know, I'm okay with where we are. Like we're subbing classes. We're not teaching regularly, right. but you know, we want to be. Yeah. But we're we're doing so many other things that it's just not possible for us to be there all the time and, and that's okay. Yeah. We have a lot of 
and, and we were talking about this earlier and my, my thought is this. I love that people that I taught in beginning classes are now teaching the classes at Atomic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's, I did my job. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I've raised up the next generation who's raising up the next generation who's raising up the next generation. I don't need to be the one teaching yeah. the classes. Exactly. And I'm perfectly happy in that situation. Exactly. I think uh, it's such a great thing because when we were when we were younger, we had a lot to prove or we felt we, like we had a lot to prove. We'd prove it to ourselves. And I think through time, we eventually did prove it to ourselves and we got to a point where we're like, yeah, we're good. Not that, not to say we left anything or we um, moved on. It's more like we're like we went to the next. Like I said earlier, with the idea, like I like to see is like moving on to the next chapter, mm-hmm. moving on to the next book. Yeah. Like, what new thing are you gonna do? And I think that's that's always really great because um, a long time ago, when when we were just starting out, too, you were starting out a new family, and I wasn't even close to that idea yet. And then the idea was that you wanted to do the thing, you wanted to do the traveling teaching thing, and you wanted to go out there, but you want to do it in your terms. And I was always like, no, you got to like play the game. Like, you got to do it like this and like this. But you're always so adamant, like, no, like, you, you got to do it the way you want to do it, or else it doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was one of the things that, like, had we happened to us, and then, like, later in life, we see they're like, oh, yeah. And I, I tell you that all the time. I'm like, oh, you're right. You're right. It just takes some time to really see that. But you mm-hmm. saw it again. Well, like I said earlier, like true testament to you following your gut and it never failing you. Yeah. But don't don't get me wrong. There's a lot of FOMO that goes <laughs> in <laughs> along with that is too. There's there's nothing like being super pregnant in the hospital about to have a baby, seeing your partner dancing at ILHC on video. And you're just like, oh, yeah. I am not there. But like it, it's part of it. Right. Yeah, so it it, it's you, you know, you pick your battles as you go and yeah pick your battles yeah. i mean like it's priority like i feel like yeah fomo for sure everybody can have fomo no worries at all but i think it's like it's 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 like being secure with the choices you're making like even before our relationship started um the way it is now uh i think i was already on the on the path of like okay Dancing and teaching is super fun. Traveling mm-hmm. the world is super fun. It's really great. I've done a lot. I feel really good about it. But what else is there? Because yeah. this this can't be the thing I do forever. Like there's got to be more. Like what's the next level? You know, in like a corporate world, like there's always like the next level mm-hmm. up. What you get hired to, or you, right. so you, what you get, um, what you advanced into. Um, but I, I think with us, like there is there is a lot. But we can't really see it because a lot of our generation right now is still making it up. Mm-hmm. And the past, <laughs> like the generations coming up behind us are like following in suit. And at some point they are jumping off our shoulders and, and, and doing the thing that we no longer can do anymore, yeah. at least in that capacity. And I think that's, that's, that's really awesome. So we're not necessarily like revolutionaries or, or trailblazers or anything, but, but like we're just like, like you always tell me, we're like we're making up as we go. But we're also like kind of like leaving markers on the path of like, this is how I got here. Yeah. Like everybody else. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it things evolve and change. And we we talk about this struggle all the time because I love social dancing more than mm-hmm. anything else. And I love training and working on my shit like in a closed atmosphere. And so it's hard for me to like get into a studio rehearsal if I haven't been social dancing. Like those things go hand in hand yeah. for me. And so our work-life balance is trying to figure out how we fit in social dancing and working in a studio. And going on dates. <laughs> <laughs> that aren't dancing. Yeah. <laughs> even though they that's mostly, fine too. They yeah. Were, yeah, that was a good <laughs> um, but it, it's, 
figuring that out. And, and so sometimes it's really difficult when we do show up to the studio and we are going to dance. Um, it's almost impossible for us to dance at the studio because we walk in the door and like, we got to put out this fire and handle this thing. And this person wants to talk and this thing and blah, blah, blah. Like it's so hard. And then people come up to us like, you're never here. And we're like, I literally wake up every morning <sighs> thinking about this place. I go yeah. to bed thinking about this place. I am working on this place if I'm not physically here always. So yep. um, it's hard. It's hard because I, th I feel like a lot of people like wanting, it's like a, it's like a slight rib, but it's also like a slight like, I'm glad you're here. And it's like a slight this. And I'm like, don't do the slights. Just do like the thing you're meaning. Like, oh my gosh, I haven't seen you forever. How have you been? Yeah. like oh my gosh i'm so glad you're here i'm so glad you're here. oh uh, you want to dance like i haven't seen you forever yeah like i think uh we talked about this the other day the idea that when people say that to us it's it find it kind of feels like you're being shitty when you say that because you're like <laughs> we look who's here. Yeah. here the <laughs> owner uh and they say it like that it's really <laughs> shitty but but i think I, I i i like to i feel like we we do this a lot we counter each other with like you're feeling like this, but here's the other side of that, and it's hard to hear, but we do hear each other when we say that, mm -hmm. and we're like, okay, there's a different situation to this. It doesn't mean we're crazy. It doesn't mean we're wrong. It just means that this is how I feel, and it can be this too. We have no idea what they're actually thinking or doing, but if we kind of flip our mindset, then we're able to like really make sense of a situation and, and have fun for the fun that we want, because yeah. like at the end of the day business owners, um, hard workers, like all this shit, like all multifaceted and all the things we do. But like at our core, all we want to do is go to Atomic and dance our ass off for an entire night. That's all we want. <laughs> yeah, if only. If only. Like, but like that, but that's, <laughs> but that, 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 that's the core yeah. of us, right? Right. Mm -hmm. If there was nothing else in our path, no, no work to do, no nothing. We walked in there. Nobody knew us. That's exactly that's what, what we, we do. do. Yeah. And, and you know, if you've seen us at Joe's, <laughs> when Joe's existed, that's yeah. what we would do. <laughs> um, hide in the corner. <laughs> I mean, who are you kidding? Like, that's all we do. We just hide in the corner and dance. Oh, all you all don't even know. We used to go to Atomic and dance before it was. Atomic. Before oh, before, before, before we owned it. Mm -hmm. And we'd get in trouble for practicing stuff in the corner. And, yeah. you know, it, it, um, there's a part of me that misses those days desperately. And yeah. I see people doing it and it like, it's that FOMO. Yeah. Like, oh, I remember that. I wish I was doing that. I want to do that. But then I'm like, okay, I've got five million other things that I'm doing right now. Yeah. And I'm okay. Like, I find myself in a in a good place. And it's, it's things like going to ILHC and being on the judges panel. Yeah. That makes me feel like everything that we've done mattered. And, um, the ups and downs, the feeling of FOMO, the feeling of being there, but feeling like lack there, but feeling like good about yourself and feeling bad about feeling good about yourself. But it, yeah, it all but makes sense. You yeah. get there and you're like, okay. But you're, at the end of the day, like sometimes I have to tell myself it's like, it's okay. You're not that kid that that kid <laughs> mm -hmm. is. You've been there. You've done exactly. that thing. You're not there. You're here. You can still do that. Yeah. But you're here now. <laughs> like, I feel like it, it's uh, that constant thing. And um, I don't know. I, it, just being back at Atomic and, and teaching the classes, I get really excited again. Yeah. It's really cool because like it's like it's the same thing that we we we've always tried to do. Like we've always tried to like have ideas about like so-and-so at this so-and-so dance like they did this thing and it's super weird like huh, if i had a chance i would do this you literally have been doing that for <laughs> years and now i get a chance to too because like we're doing it together mm -hmm. and we're doing this like dj thing 
which is always yeah. really great. We have DJs there every night. It's super great. It's they're all awesome. They're all great at what they do. Um, but how do you help the next generation when the spot is already filled? Give them space. So what we try to do is we're giving them we're giving people a chance to DJ when I'm DJing there on Tuesday nights to give them an hour. Like I want newer people that have never tried it before, just like music and just want to play some good swing music to swing dancers, which is like there's nothing like it when you see a dance floor go, oh, and they all look at the DJ booth like who is playing this or what song is this? Yeah, that's like one of the best things you could do other than like fucking killing a move in a jam circle, you know? Yeah, I think we need to have a DJ battle me and you. You I got that from all that? Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. Like, just, we must battle. Like it just popped in my head. I think it'd be really fun. Well, we used to, we used to, before, remember, in the old days, the old days, days yeah. and hanging out in the DJ booth. Um, back when. <laughs> I'm like, what are you playing? <laughs> That's a cool to, song. I used yeah. to DJ all, yeah. all those years ago. Uh-huh. Um, whatever song I was playing, Mikey would get on the mic and say one line from the. That the song? song? What song murder. was that? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. They call it Murder. Yeah. Say, yeah. and they just say murder and i would just <laughs> grab the microphone and she would let me because i'm an idiot kid and she's like like who is this brown boy like, why is this kid hanging out with uh, me in the dj booth <laughs> murder <laughs> uh, but that yeah that was the old days like tjs and Placentia god we're old we're I know, so old i know <laughs> exactly so but old. but we're still doing the same shit we're still hanging out in dj booths and making each other laugh <laughs> Just like this. This is who we are. We're, we're gonna so we're gonna complete twenty years next year. That's twenty crazy. years of, of our partnership since two thousand four mm-hmm. to twenty twenty four. What should we do to celebrate? I don't know. What do you guys think we should do to celebrate? No, I'm I don't scaring know. me. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> Stressing me out right now. You can vote down in the poll <laughs> below. No, I'm just kidding. There's no poll below. Um, but like we talk about all these things we're doing atomic. We we this is this is this whole thing, this whole show, like we said at the beginning, like it's just it's just a way to us talk talk how we usually talk about with you guys in the room. And yeah. This is the stupid shit, the funny shit, the serious shit that we talk about. Um but we talk about the future too. The the idea that like we have like cool things in the works. Like, yeah. like with our last episode, we talked about all those little things. But all those little things were like cool, but there's this really cool thing coming up. Yes. I'm very excited about this. Uh, we're doing an event called Biltmore Ball mm-hmm. at the Biltmore, it's called the Millennium Biltmore Hotel now in downtown LA. But this is a, an, an amazing historic hotel for Los Angeles history. For, for many reasons, but that was the, f- the, the one main reason is the, it was the last place the Black Dahlia was seen live. That's, I mean, that's one reason. But that's the main thing. It's one reason. Yeah. Uh, the, <laughs> <laughs> the Oscars were, were oh, yeah, the, the actual yeah. Oscars sketch there. The, yeah. the Academy Awards were dreamt up there, and the first one was there. There used to be a basement venue yep. mm-hmm. at the Biltmore that was... Sorry, I'm going to geek out real quick. It was called the... I love it. It was called the Biltmore Bowl, and it was literally that, like the Hollywood Bowl, but it was underground. It was in the basement yeah. of this building, Yeah. which is amazing if you think about that. That's and it was beautiful. So Look it cool. up. There's pictures of it. It's it's like it's everything you imagine from like the aviator, like watching those old, cli- yeah. old clubs from the 1920s and 30s and everything. Yeah, like, it's from it the 1920s. Real. And we haven't actually gotten a tour of what that space is now. Yeah. So I feel like we'll have to get a tour and get some video if we yeah. go in there. But there was a fire, I think, in the 50s. and so They, they had to renovate it completely. Renovating it. And so the, the bowl doesn't exist anymore. But this opportunity came our way thanks to a couple of friends of ours. And so um, the Biltmore Ball is, is partnered with the uh, 
Cativo Tango Festival that's happening the same weekend at the hotel that's using the the ball the event has um not the event but the hotel has something One, like two, nine three, four, five six I think like something like nine with the bowl and everything nine again. ballrooms beautiful yeah. ballrooms and They're so huge. our friend Dennis and his partner that are producing this event approached us about using some of the spaces at the same time which because is they're not going to use some stuff some of the, the the dance floor and uh, classes for the nighttime dance which which made this thing accessible to us that otherwise just would not be accessible yeah uh, and we'll be having the event in a room called the gold room which is sorry i'm geeking out again i get Go really for excited it. Go for it. Get um the gold room was a nightclub in the 1920s and it even has um, a speakeasy exit that used to go to the street. It's walled off now. But it also had has a staircase to a, mm-hmm. where it used to be a secret bar. And it also, that staircase goes up to a secret lookout <laughs> spot where the paparazzi used to come in and take photos of the celebrities. And or like note who was making out with who. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, takes photos of the celebrities and the mobsters that were hanging Seen out there. in the gold room. Mm-hmm. And this hotel just has such an amazing amount of history, and um, we're just so fortunate to even get one room in this space, and potentially yeah. could be more next year. Could be right, right now. It's going to be a one-time, oh, excuse me, uh, one-night event uh, with two bands: Lizzie and, their, uh, and her Triggerman, and the Triggerman, the Triggerman, and the Triggerman, and Peter Noir, which is a uh, French uh, Django-style jazz band. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be amazing. We're we're planning to go basically all night. We don't have to go. We have to leave there until like five a.m. Basically, we're going all out. And we're going all out. And we I'm want making every- centerpieces. <laughs> and we're going to make a photo booth. And we're going to have so much fun because performances. It's, 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 we were asking people to come, you know, in your best dress, best everything, because we want to have the vibe in the room what it used to be. We want to bring the ghosts in and make sure they're dancing in with us. Yeah, this don't wear your 90, 90s vibes to yeah. this event. Yeah, yeah. Go vintage for this. <laughs> I mean, you could do vintage modern, whatever. The but 90s is vintage. Sorry, babe. You could do like 90s. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, there's some 90s to 30s a little yeah. bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I feel you. You could do it. I feel you. I might try it. I just mean this, if you were going to go vintage, yeah, this, this is, is the, the place one. to do it for sure. Um, so that'll be happening October 7th. 7th. But you can also exactly. stay at the hotel, which is amazing too. Yes, and the rooms do look really pretty for yeah. sure. So keep a lookout for that. We'll be advertising a bunch of that stuff. Um, well, we haven't done, and I didn't tell you but before, but like oh. this is usually our, our last question. So Ooh. what do you look forward to? I mean, we kind of said it with Built More Ball, but like, do you have anything else you look forward to? Um... Let's I do. Let me start. Yeah. Okay. I start. I am looking forward to our Vegas vacation. Which one? With the kids. <laughs> oh. <laughs> With the kids. We're taking the kids to uh, uh, Vegas for a family vacation. The four of us, and I've planned pretty much the whole thing. I am the Chevy Chase in the situation. Yeah, I literally have no idea what we're doing. <laughs> it's gonna be so much fun. Uh, I like spending time with the kids and learning what they like. I like figure of like i think they'll like this like junie really like video games and all this stuff so i'm like really want to like try to give them that like we might go to the avengers thing anjali really likes the meow wolf and like really cool interactive thing and so we're gonna go there to the omega mart i really want them to have a like fancy ass dinner and i want them to like dress up for it and like go and like really be treated by like these these uh, hosts and hostess like that really mm. know how to treat a person. And I just wanted to have that experience and like have that uh, amazing show and like <laughs> all that good stuff that like basically <laughs> our parents took us to. Yeah. 
like I remember my dad taking me like all those places and my mm-hmm. mom taking me all those places and it's like changed my life because like I I have those memories like stuck in me yeah. forever. No, it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to that's that what too. I'm looking forward to. Yeah, me too. It'll be awesome. Yeah, uh, I think I'm really looking forward to Biltmore Ball. Oh yeah. I feel like the minute we got this opportunity, Mikey was like, uh, mm, mm, kind of like mm, whatever. We'll go why? look at it. Why? Because he didn't really know anything about it. I didn't know it. anything about it. I didn't know the but I ball. heard Biltmore and I was like. Okay, what a, what room at the Biltmore? Cause, mm-hmm. You know, I already knew what they had, <laughs> and <laughs> uh, the minute we walked in the space and walked around the venue, and I just I was so excited. Yeah. So it, the minute we walked into the main hall, like where like all the all the offshoots of the rooms are, I was like, oh, oh, it's very vast in here and very cool. And then we saw the pictures. And I was like, oh, oh, okay, that's really cool. And then we walked into the ballroom. I was like, oh, we walked into the, the ballroom that is now. And then we were like, we walked in the next one next door and we were like, we're going to be in here. And I was like, I want to be in there. Let's go back in there. And we like got that room and I was like, fuck it. I'm in. <laughs> yeah. So it'll be great. That's going to be awesome. So thank you everybody for listening. Uh, we're so happy to be back again. We're going to be doing this monthly now. I promise this time we won't stick on like a the third weekend or whatever. We'll just do when we can. When we but get we'll, to it. But definitely monthly. We we love doing this. This is something that we do for ourselves and and gives us a chance to just kind of chat about our, our feelings and our ideas out loud with people. Some people listening, mostly Andrea Gordon. Um, <laughs> thank you guys so much. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs> you sound like Tito. Oh. <laughs> We got to get him on here. We got to get Tito Bonito. Tito. He's got a teat and a bone for everybody. Bye.